You're listening to iWolves, Season 7, Episode 12, Why Do People Punish? Now here are your hosts, Dr. Ian Dunbar and Jamie Dunbar. Hi everybody, we're here today talking more about Parking Up the Right Tree with my dad, Dr. Ian Dunbar. This is my dad's new book, just came out recently, my baby. Congratulations, dad, my puppy. I wanted to ask you, uh, why do you think it is that people are so drawn to aversive punishments in dog training? Well, I think because of the personalities of the people that present it and the way it's presented on TV, hmm. it's very formulaic and irrelevant of what happened. Um, I can see in a lot of episodes it's been edited to tell the story. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the, the 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 wonderful, you know, stories of animals in the wild. Mm -hmm. You know, this, yeah. So you think it's mostly about how the media has presented um, aversive punishments and made it seem like it works? Um, yes, the, the, the four things have to happen. You have to capture the problem on camera. The dog barking nonstop, wrecking the house or pulling on leash or biting someone. Um, then you have to show the training. Mm -hmm. Or we don't actually have to show the training. You have to show someone talking about training. And then you have to show the dog acting perfect for about five seconds. Yeah. And then what you get on TV is the owner then thanking the trainer so much. So yeah. often the two doggy bits have been reversed. So like the trainer comes to the house and the dog greets him and sits and licks him and is nice. And then the person, the star of the show, does something. Yeah. And then the dog bites him. But don't you think this like tendency towards aversive punishment predates dog training TV shows? Oh yeah. yeah. It's the I mean it's the biggest human foible we have. We focus on the bad. Mm -hmm. And then from there we move into Schadenfreunde and we actually take joy out of someone failing or someone's discomfort or even someone's pain. Yeah. And it's it's the the worst trait that we have that ruins our lives as individuals and the lives of people around us and the ones we love. Yeah. In this case, the, our dogs. Yeah. And so, and you, you can't, so it's not something you can discuss with people. And so I just jump into immediately training their dog and showing that I'm having a good time, the dog's having a good time, and look, he's sitting and he's looking at me, he's been doing that now for 40 seconds. Mm -hmm. We call that a sit-stay, by the way. Yeah. And when we put it on cue, it's very useful. Yeah. And then playing games. Games is a way you can get people to change, act in ways that you never could if you asked them, to be silly, to be grateful, to be funny, yeah. to engage with their dog, and get it done. Yeah. And and like in off-leash puppy classes, they're off-leash. Boom! There's the problem. First week in class, how do I get my dog to come? They all do. Usually mm -hmm. by the end of the first session, they get a recall from a puppy play session. Right. But in the canine games, it amazed me what people did. Yeah. And the, the best video is from Japan because of the the difference between how they are how formal they are in their daily lives. And then when they're calling their dog in a doggy race, two dogs race, first dog to sit across the line wins, yeah. they go 
ballistic. They are so funny. Yeah. They and the dog goes. Whew! It's amazing, and now they will act in the way I've been begging them to do, yeah. to smile and praise from the heart and to laugh and grin. Yeah. Now they're doing it, and the dogs are doing these amazing things in competition, in like in Canada, with 30,000 people looking yeah. on. So I love the games, and I think that is a, such a great way to get people focusing on the right tree. But I'd like to go back to kind of what you are saying about you know, the reason people go to aversive punishments goes back to really one of the core issues that defines, like, people's nature. And it's this focusing on the negative. That I've heard you say this so many times. The greatest human foible uh, is taking the good for granted and focusing on the and negative. moaning and groaning at the bad. Yeah. And in so, so many ways to me, that seems like kind of the distillation of the core meaning of your approach to dog training and this book in general is that like focusing on the negative is not the way to go. Focusing on the positive is, is the key to successful training. The, I mean, well, yeah, back to TV again, you see. The dog is always the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Think of it. It's all about behavior problems yeah. and, and misbehavior. And so I, I, I went through a period, I dealt with about 20 publishing companies, and I came up with canine game shows. Mm -hmm. So it was dogs doing fun stuff and owners, you know, competing to how quickly they could train the dogs to do various things. And they were funny and, and a lot of them were remote. So a, someone in Australia could compete against, we had a custom made dimensions for a living room. So one game was um, put your toys in the basket. And they were hidden in one that was, had to be in an armchair. So it was laid out so you could show split screen you know, a dog in Australia doing it and a dog in Iceland, right? Uh -huh. So I presented these canine game shows to producers and a lot of them um, got, wow, this is cool, this is cool. And one I remember, it was a guy, a, a millionaire, and he, he won all his money. I won't go into great details, but he was moving on this and he says, would you be the host? And I said, yeah. He says, but I, I want you to really be like a Simon Cowell. I said, no, I'm not doing that. I said, when someone's you training mean, their... mean? Making... I, I make sarco sac sarcastic comments, but as humor. And we laugh about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I was watching the videos. I'm watching all old dog videos right. last night. Ladies trying to heal her rotty and get it to sit straight. Bubbles. And I said, that, that wasn't bad. Not entirely wrong. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know? And I, I... You know, that's how I engage with people. Right. You know, I Whereas Simon that. Cowell is mean. Right? He was at the beginning. Yeah. Now, now I think he's now a, he very, a little more. He's a yeah. very good judge yeah. now, I think. Um, but then I said, I won't do that. I won't be mean to people when they're trying their best to do something that is very difficult for a lot of people. Yeah. Easy for me. Yeah. It comes so naturally to me, but very difficult for people. But then he said, and we want to make the show more edgy. I said, what do you mean more edgy? Mm -hmm. He said, well, like, if we had one of the family members, say a child dying with cancer, I said, I'm out of here, put the phone down. And that's when I gave up eventually with producers. Mm -hmm. And I have been turned down by the biggest TV companies so many times. And the, my favorite was Animal Planet. Three, time, three different production companies mm -hmm. presented me after a worldwide search for a host. And one guy, I remember his name, Turned me down three times at Animal Planet. 
turned down three production companies who said, this guy, he's, he's just, he's a natural, you know, mm. because they had a foreign accent. Uh, now, wait a minute, mate. Uh, is that the animal planet that, like, I know, right, Copper? Yeah, because they had a, I'm sorry I have a foreign accent, it probably happens to be better than yours, thank you very much, and that's why they... People love accents. Yeah. Anyway, I hope the book will get much better programs on TV, because the first TV production company that does a reward-based training program showing how to train dogs to get do it right quickly, yeah. instead of how to correct problems with the dog as the bad type. And I, I, I think it's so interesting, you keep coming back to TV, or you know, like the it's question- It's the answer. The question is, you know, why are people drawn to aversive punishments? And I think it's all about, I think a, a, a huge part of it is about like human nature, but I think TV is all about catering towards human nature. And that, oh, yeah. you know, like yeah. as you said, like the TV shows that were very successful focused on the problems, and they, you know, that started with a dramatic, scary footage and stuff, and that's what, people gravitate towards and that, you know, a positive reward-based show maybe didn't like get the producers excited because they didn't think it was going to sell. No, there, there's no color on the set, but I have always thought, I've always thought from, from when I was five that, you know, my relationship with my cow and my dad's dogs, mm -hmm. and I'm being serious here and, and more recently in my career, people's relationship with their dog, what it means to them. Like, I, I can't talk about the training the dogs for the veterans. It just, it makes me cry. What these dogs mean for these people and what they do is all powerful, all conquering. And if one production company had the courage to show, you know, how to increase this love yeah. and how to use it to make your day <clears throat> I mean, you know, I am terrible in the mornings. To get out of bed is impossible and very difficult now that I don't have Zuzu. A dog just does it like that. Yeah. When a dog would come and sit and go, <clears throat> yeah. I'm up out of bed, putting on clothes to look decent, yeah. rushing to open, let them go outside, and they go out with them, and I think, oh, happy day. Yeah. But otherwise, I, I'm so depressed in the morning. And I, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that goes to the heart of why so many people love dogs, is that they are positive, <laughs> you know? That, like, they, they, are, they, are, they are not cynical. They're not, you know, uh, vindictive. They're not, like, all of the things that are negative in the human world. Dogs don't, don't do that. Dogs are unconditionally accepting. Mm -hmm. And they will accept people... Time and time again, years and years, no matter how yeah. nasty these people have been. And that actually is, it's kind of like the Stockholm Syndrome, bonding with the aggressor. And this perversely is why when used correctly, and they can be used correctly, they're just unnecessary. Because if you've reward trained the dog, you don't have a problem, you know. Yeah. It's like that cartoon in my very first book, Dog Behavior, of Neolithic man walking through a desert and there's a rock. And he says, oh, and how will the man's superior brain encounter this problem? And his dog has just walked around the rock, like waiting for him, you know. Uh -huh. And so... You were going to say Stockholm Syndrome, punishments can work, and they the, can actually make the dog closer to you. It actually... But you don't need them. 
That's it, what you're trying to get to? No, it, it does. There's no question that no. when we identify it, during development as children and throughout life, we identify with powerful people and nasty people and even people who are nasty to us because they have so much control over us. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's the very perverse part of, you know, bonding and developmental psychology. Mm -hmm. But it happens. And so I say, well, also, it's why I don't get bitten much, you mm -hmm. know. I don't push the dog's buttons. On, I don't walk towards the dog. I don't loom. I don't reach for it. I turn my back to the dog, walk away. I wait till the dog joins up like a horse would. Mm -hmm. And then I praise and I talk to it in a normal voice. And I said, yeah, I'm pretty scary. I'm a stranger, but you'll grow to like me. Yeah. Because as soon as you take this one food reward, you'll look on me differently. And then you no longer have control of your brain. And I mean it. And when they take the first treat, I say, gotcha. And what that means is, this is the beginning of the process, that you will grow to love me. Yeah. I will be your sun, moon, stars. I will be everything in your universe as you will be mine. Yeah. Because whenever I train a dog, I can't stop it. I'm getting to love this, even the, the ugliest, nastiest of dogs. And I get to see it through their eyes. Like, of course you're growly. Yeah. Of course you're snapping and lunging, you know. And I know what's happened, you yeah. know, been there, buddy. And um, so I want to give that joy to all people. This is, everyone knows it's about dogs. It's not. It's about people. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're aware of Well, it's also about thing. dogs. But it's also about people. It's about... Yeah, it's about interactions, about relationships. It's about relationships, but I care as much about the dog's owner. Everyone talks about positive training for dogs. Yeah. For me, it's positive training for dog owners as well. I don't want to get people to do this stuff to their best friend. I'm not going to teach them how to jerk a leash mm -hmm. on their dog, you know, or press a button, yeah. you know. And so it's the people. I don't want to coerce them to do things that I feel so deeply inside is that ain't what I want to do. Yeah. I'd be more, I can remember twice I lost my temper with dogs. Once with Omaha, once with Phoenix. Just twice in my life. But I regretted it. And I, I didn't hurt them, but I frightened them. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm human too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because I think there definitely is this human tendency to take the good for granted and a human tendency to want to punish bad behavior. Yeah. And this uh, schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Where, you, you know, like you want to see people make mistakes and then suffer for those mistakes. There's that definite human tendency. But there's also the flip side where there's people don't want to hurt other people. You know, people want to be good and be kind. And Well, it's like if you look at the definitions of punishment, of which I've saved, God, about 90, um, in the legal system, punishment is defined by its nature. Mm -hmm. As in common parlance, the, the layman's view of punishment is something unpleasant, something nasty. In the academic learning theory, the pure learning theory um, field, not that it changes again in psychology and education even. Punishment is meant to be unpleasant to stop you doing this. But in the learning theory field initially, and especially by Thorndike, punishment was defined solely, it was described as a stimulus. 
not an unpleasant stimulus. Mm -hmm. That crops up later in um, the legal system and education and psychology, but it's known as a stimulus that causes the immediately preceding behavior to decrease in frequency such that it's less likely to occur in the future. So punishment is defined by its effect on behavior, not by its nature. And it's a big point I bring out in the book that punishment doesn't need to be aversive, to be effective, therefore it shouldn't be mm -hmm. aversive. Right. Because there are so many non-aversive alternatives that not only work, work better in the sense of quicker, producing greater reliability of response. Right, and I think that is one of the big insights that I hope people take from the book, that correcting misbehavior, you don't need to be aversive. No, right. it's not an eye for an eye, it's not retribution. Yeah. You're just trying to get the dog to come and sit. Yeah, and I think we should end up there. <laughs> All right, Dad, thank you very much, and thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to iWolfs, Season 7, Episode 12, Why Do People Punish? If you'd like to learn more about dog behavior and training, make sure to check out DunbarAcademy.com. And as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>